Well, we're continuing in Psalm 37, so you can turn there, if you will, for our, our communion meditation. We're going to look at four verses today, verses 21 through 24. Psalm 37, verses 21 through 24. Wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, God, he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Father, we do pray again that we would have listening ears. Our desire would be to please you and to grow in our love for your word and our obedience to it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we have seen in how many weeks now, five or six weeks, going through Psalm 37, the contrast between the wicked and the righteous is, is quite stark in some, some cases. And we see uh, that the wicked act, we see in this little passage, this part, that the wicked act in certain ways that displease the Lord. And these actions of bad character are consistent. They're consistent with their denial of the law of God and the word of God. And the blessings of the righteous, though, are quite stark in contrast to that. So first of all, looking at verse 21, this is in relation to giving and finances and wealth. It says, the wicked borrows and does not repay, does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. This is quite a contrast here. The wicked borrows money, usually to consume, maybe often for selfish purposes, but to consume for themselves. They are not blessed, as the righteous are, to be able to have something to give and to bless others with so much. It's all about them. The righteous tend to use their wealth from the Lord, it says, as we see here, to show mercy. That is what we do. We, we show mercy with what God has given to us. The righteous give with a heart of kindness. They are stewards. They know they are stewards. And they give then uh, because they know that it was just given to them by the master. And so they, they give and they serve joyfully and cheerfully. And they know the joy of doing this. They know the joy of giving. And that it can be for an eternal purpose. And they are laying up treasures in heaven. So they have an eternal purpose in this giving, this showing mercy. The wicked do not know that. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 is a key verse. Many of you have memorized this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be overflowing or bursting with new wine. God blesses his people as we honor him. So this church, and I wanted to mention this this morning, I think I've said this before, but this congregation and the members of it are generally being greatly blessed. We are greatly blessed in so many ways because we, I believe, have been joyful and faithful in tithing the first fruits. And we've been doing it with thankful hearts for years to the Lord who gave these things to us, these great blessings. He gave them. And we give in many other ways too. And so last year, when many churches struggled in many ways, not just financially, many churches went under and are still struggling. But we had the largest surplus 
that we have ever had, ever. In fact, as I thought about it, that surplus, just the surplus, not too many years ago, would have been the whole income for a year. God is worthy of praise. And may we continue to honor the Lord with all that we have and use the blessing, the filled barns, so to speak, and the overflowing vats of wine. Some of you would like that, I suppose, but, uh, but to use all that he gives us for his purposes. You know, most of us don't have barns, I know, but uh, we are blessed. We are blessed in an overflowing way to be able to give and to be able to serve and bless others. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on Psalm 37, said that this part of Psalm 37 isn't so much about the wickedness of the wicked, uh, but he said it this way, as it is of the misery and poverty to which they, the wicked, are reduced by the just judgment of God, that they shall be necessitated then to borrow for their supply, meaning they can't even make ends meet. They just have to borrow all the time. So they borrow for their supply and then be in no capacity to repay it again and so lie at the mercy of their creditors. That's the state that the wicked generally fall into. Now, if we need a good example of this, our government is an example of theft. And this kind of wickedness, really, on a huge scale, it's an example of mismanagement by spending way beyond what is allowed biblically, which enslaves us all, really, in, in, some, in some manner, and future generations also, in debt. And it undermines our economy, and our, our debt has increased massively. The cost of debt is huge, and it's increasing. We can't even pay principal for sure, but even the, the interest. And our wicked system and those who encourage it uh, just continue on. Because they do not love the word of God. They do not obey the word of God. And they will face the just judgment of God. And they will be forced to borrow in some way to pay for this at some point. And we'll be at the mercy of creditors. Matthew Henry said again, just as it is a great sin for those that are able to deny the payment of their just debts, so it is a great misery not to be able to pay them in general. It's a great sin to not pay when you can pay debt. And it's a very miserable situation. They might not say that, but it's a miserable situation to always not be able to pay Verse 22, moving on. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. That word means destroyed. And as we have seen a number of times already in this psalm, and in many places of scripture, uh, the righteous have a lasting inheritance. Emphasis on that, eternal. It's a glorious home we have and a glorious place awaiting us. But the wicked will not have that. In fact, it makes clear here, they will be cut off from generational blessings because the curse of God abides on them. Only the Lord Jesus can remove the just curse upon all, all of us by sin and, and give us a future and a hope. Those who will not submit to King Jesus or to his righteousness, his righteous law, his loving law, can only look forward to their future being destroyed. The law of harvest is consistent. We reap what we sow. Well, another way the good or the righteous person is blessed by the Lord is that their steps, uh, it says here, their steps or their direction, their goals, their purposes uh, will be ordered by the Lord. They will be guided by him, step by step. 
They will be established. This is another way, another way that word is used here. They will be established. Their ways will be established. The steps they take. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he, God, delights in his way. So their steps will not slip. But in fact, they will experience the blessing of the Lord. They'll have stability. They'll have security in him. They will experience the approval and the delight of the Lord as they follow his ways and not their own ways. How amazing is that? That we can please the living God, the holy God, as imperfect as our offerings are, because he accepts us, he accepts them, our offerings, in the Lord Jesus. We are acceptable in the beloved. And the Lord delights, it says, in the steps of a good man. He makes it all possible, though. Psalm 112.5 says, A good man deals graciously and lends, like we saw before, he will guide his affairs with discretion. The Lord gives wisdom and discretion to the good man. And his ways are ordered by the Lord. And then the final blessing we see here of these four, in this part of Psalm 37 anyway, is that even when we fall, even when his people fall, or when we struggle, and we go through even extreme trial, we, they, are not utterly ruined. We are not utterly discouraged, but we have hope. Because the Lord upholds us, it says. He strengthens us. His might reaches out to keep us walking by faith and serving in his name. When we are stumbling around, maybe, we feel. Verse 24 says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. So dear family of God, these are precious and very great promises. Exceedingly great promises here that the Lord has given to us, his people, and we should know these. We should know them and we should delight in them and we should claim them by faith. And so as we participate in this table of the Lord, this communion with the Lord, this reminder of the, the covenant that we have through his broken body and his shed blood as those called out to be his, let's praise him that by the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, you will be able to give with mercy and joy. You will inherit the earth. Your steps will be guided by the Lord and you will please the Lord as you walk. And you won't utterly fall because the Lord upholds you. Let's pray. Dear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do come now with awe and with joy in your covenant promises to us. That all of them have their yes and their amen in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so they are certain. And we ask, Lord, that our hearts would come now with thanksgiving and with praise for your promises of grace to us and your means of grace lavished on us in Jesus Christ. And may we come in humility at the cost of our salvation and that we might know these promises for we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.